Um, so now our next speaker, we are remaining in the field of uh, building and architecture with uh, uh, our uh, professor from ETH, uh, the Federal School of Technology from uh, Zurich, Professor Guillaume Habert, so floor is yours. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yep. Um, so I will... So I will, I will stay in the, well, thank you for the invitation first, it's a great pleasure to be here. I will stay in the, in the field of the construction and I would like to talk about what uh, we are doing in the chair of sustainable construction but also uh, I think uh, what somehow I am part of a big national competence center on uh, digital fabrication which might have some uh, relevance for the, for, for the field of today. So I will also present a part of the work that is, that is done here. Uh, to start with and to stay on Earth and to, to stay on this closed habitat, there's one first closed habitat, it's probably the Earth, if you, if you see as a, as, a, as, a big, uh, as a big habitat. And to start with things that you probably know, but the, the, you have a, a recent study, let's say, of uh, people from Norway that have started to say, in this planet boundary, where are we in terms of environmental impact? And if I'm showing that, it's because there's uh, clearly, or at least they have identified the three clear uh, impacts where we are over the boundary. So we are using more than what we should use. And it's the nitrogen cycle, the biodiversity loss, and the, the, the climate change. If, if I'm saying that, is that for, for the, the current focus at, of what we could think on construction, there's probably just one that is really relevant because the nitrogen cycle is much more related with the agriculture. Biodiversity loss, we can discuss if urbanization uh, is increasing or decreasing biodiversity, but it's probably not the main topic. And so at the end, we have one main topic, which is climate change, so energy, CO2, fossil fuels. And the, from that, the, 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 the clear objective from the beginning was to say, okay, if we have to to, to reduce the, the energy, then we have to increase the energy efficiency and the resource efficiency within the construction. So probably to close the loop, that's, that's where we come to the closed habitat. If you think on the amount of energy and the amount of resource that we need for the construction, then the, the second step that is the, the, the thing that we are doing now is to say, okay, closing the loop is probably not sufficient. We also have to reduce the amount of material that we need to kind of uh, reduce the volume of materials. And that's what has been done in the, in the building sectors. I mean, of course, the existing building stock, it's a bit of a, I mean, for, the, for Earth, let's say, it's a bit of a question, but for new building, it's clear that now we are energy efficient building. We know how to produce, to operate a building with a really efficient way. Uh, I mean, we even have net zero energy buildings. Uh, that then allows us somehow to operate the building with renewable energy, solar, geothermal, hot mining, all these things. But the, the, the remaining question and where I would like to focus is the, the, the building materials. So what, how do we build them? And then there's a slight difference in terms of energy efficiency in this because, uh, and I will in, introduce briefly the, the, the question, but uh, thinking about renewable and non-renewable energy might not completely make sense. Or it might be at least more interesting to think about stock energy and flow energy. Stock energy is the energy that you have in a material, you burn it, you release, you, you release uh, heat, and so you, you, you will have your energy. Which means that the amount of energy is clearly related with the amount of material that you have. 
fossil fuel, then you have a problem of, of the, the, the non-renewable energy, but for instance, wood would be a renewable energy that is stock energy. Uh, and the, the, the power, so the amount of energy that you can release in a certain amount of time would be kind of unlimited or just limited by the amount of material that you put in your engine. Flow energy, at the contrary, which are clearly the renewable energy that we are talking, solar, uh, water, air. Here, the, the, the amount of energy that you have is potentially unlimited, but the amount of energy that you can have during a certain period of time is completely constrained with this, the surface you're collecting this energy. And if you, if you look at this diagram, which is also done on Earth, let's say, but the, 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 the amount of power correlated to the surface, you have a strike or at least a relatively broad correlation between the, whatever the type of energy that you're using, water, solar farm, solar panel, which means that the available power of flow energy is constrained by the surface. And now if you look at the, of the, at the energy or the industry that we are uh, dealing uh, here, you, you see that the steel and the cement, which are among the, the industry that we are using to produce building materials, are among the few industries that are clearly constrained by high temperature processes, so kind of related with somehow loosely to high power processes. And so in, 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 the, in, the, in the construction industry, we are now, now facing one problem, is that we have increased a lot the operation energy or the efficiency of the building, and we are kind of able to operate with the same amount of surface we need with the, the, the surface we have on the ground of, the, of our habitat. For the construction phase, we will need huge surface just to, just to produce the materials. So we somehow thinking on a closed habitat, energy efficient building, we are able to operate the building, we are not able to build them. So the, 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 the question that comes somehow is to say, if on this specific space we need to build the building with the amount of land that we have, we don't need only to reduce the amount of material that we use or to reduce the energy, we also clearly need to slow the process. So to use low power process to build the materials and also to, to assemble the materials. And uh, on, on Earth, then there's a big problem. If you want to be cost effective, so that you don't use, which means for, for us, don't use too much people because they, that's, that's, that, that's the real resource that costs a lot in the construction. So kind of be st still relatively fast in the construction and without using too much industrialized materials that will require high power energy. So how do you speed up, uh, let's say, vernacular architecture, which use low power processes without increasing the, the embodied power of the material? And that's, in a nutshell, let's say, what we are trying to do in the, in the Chair of Sustainable Construction. So trying to use, let's say, earth material, but with the same uh, technical processes that we will use for concrete, which means that you're building fast with a, with a, with a material that has low embodied power. Uh, the, the other aspect, and now I will more talk about what we are doing in the, in the NCCR on digital fabrication, is to say, uh, if, if we are not using this high performance material, then we need to be to embed in the process, in the assembly process, or in the construction process, a lot of intelligence. 
So we kind of have to replace all the gray energy that we had put in the material in terms of uh, in uh, gray matter. Uh, and I will show you uh, three projects. So there's a, there's a film somewhere here. I will back. So the, 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 the idea is a robotic assembly of uh, irregular shape of, of gravel, I mean of uh, stone. The robot will have to scan the, 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 the different stone, analyze what, what would be the perfect match between the different stone, and be able to assemble them to keep the, the gravity and the, the, all the stones uh, st stand together. So this is done uh, by a collaboration between the uh, architecture chair of uh, Kolo and Gramazio and uh, the robotic uh, autonomous lab of the, of the robotic department. Uh, this could potentially be used uh, also on, on a, outside of the, of the, of the earth. The, the, the idea to use it is more to, to use on how do you, you use on demolition waste where you have irregular concrete rubble in, could, could you assemble this demolition waste uh, in an efficient way so without having to crush them again, bind them again with the cement to build again some structure. Uh, another, uh, uh, an another work would be to say if you can build with robots and that potentially you don't want to have human inter intervening in the, in the process, you want also that the, the robots are being able to collaborate together and in order to assemble the different elements in a free-form space. So that's, again, another project that is done mainly with the, with the chair of Kolo uh, uh, and Gramazio uh, for uh, assembling tetrahedron in a free space, uh, which could give some nice architecture form, but potentially also <laughs> living labs or living structure at one moment. Uh, and and the last process that is probably the, the most advanced in the realization uh, is to be able to use the mesh that a robot will build to actually fill the material inside. So here we are, we are, we are using concrete, uh, but potentially you could use other material. You see that the, the robot, whoops, sorry, the robot has built this grid and then you fill the concrete and let's say ideally if the shape of the grid and the, the, the rheology of the concrete is ideal, then everything will fit together. You see that there's still a bit of research to be done, but uh, we, we are uh, aiming to build one wall like this uh, in the nest, which is uh, a new building at EMPA that maybe if you don't know, you have to visit it, where uh, different research team are able to plug models uh, of uh, innovative <coughs> construction. Uh, and ideally in the, f in the future step, that's where we would like to go to have a kind of construction where you have robots and humans that are interacting together in order to build uh, the, the future of the built environment. And with this, I have finished. Thank you. Thank you very much. We'll take one question, if any. Yes. 
Wait, 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 wait. Hi. Um, I was wondering if you had done much research on the, the different scales of efficiency of these different closed loop systems. So you mentioned, you know, something might be uh, able to be done on a building scale, but is there a certain real reality of at what scale each of these resources is probably best to be used? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, clear, I mean, clearly that uh, if, if I'm talking about uh, this uh, looking for low power processes then of course you you could think that uh, if you if you build one cement plant that is able to 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 produce cement for 10,000 houses then does it make sense to i mean you can still think about this scale but at, uh, what what i'm convinced is that you have some processes that will not be able to pr be produced by renewable energy or be produced at an extremely high cost for the rest of the society and that maybe it makes sense still to think that these processes even if they could be they could be produced at a larger scale maybe it's still interesting to think what could we do if we don't use this extra scale somehow but yeah you you you're right okay thank you very much we'll uh, proceed